welcome back for another video. In this one, we're going to run through the biggest talking points ahead of Gaming 8. This is a series every week on the channel. To have your question answered, all you need to do is be subscribed, and you'll see a post asking for your questions every Wednesday, or you can go on the community tab on my channel to find it there. The Fantasy Football Scout members' benefits just got even better, and all for only a few quid a month. All the data tables I use for my videos are public for your use. The season ticker tool, essential for spotting good fixture runs and rotations. Player comparison for when you're weighing up some potential transfers. And they've just partnered up with Plan FPL to have your team rated each week with Opta Data. It costs you less than a coffee per month. Click the link below to try it out. I can't recommend it enough as a member for six years myself. It also supports the channel, so hit the link in the description now. So let's get into it, loads of good questions this week, and the first one's from Chris, who asks whether it's plausible to do the unthinkable and go about Haaland for the next four or so game weeks. This one might sound crazy to some of you, but there's three reasons why this is genuinely being done by some managers. Number one, looking at Man City's upcoming fixtures, alongside Liverpool and Spurs, we can count up the potential weeks you want to captain him, so I've put together a matrix here. Over the next seven game weeks, Salah's a good captain option in six, Haaland in two, Son in four. So the debate is whether it's worth the 14.1 mil on a play potentially only captained twice in the next 7 weeks. To that I would also argue that just because you don't captain a player doesn't mean you shouldn't own them, it simply means that you think they're your second best player. The number 2 reason is it's a play against the field and that will send you flying up the ranks if it comes off. Haaland's 91% owned, 112,000 have actually sold him this week already. If you pick Watkins instead and use that money to upgrade a defender like Kabore to Trippier, you're still left with another 3.7 mil on top of that. If the total of those points spread around can beat Haaland, then you're going to move up the ranks against 90% of the player base. And lastly, reason three is that using projections in an optimizer like FP Review, no Haaland's actually considered optimal. This is what FP Review considers the optimal gaming gate wildcard. Naturally, with these tools, they're good for guidance, and then you work back because there's some tweaks that you want here and there. The solvers are subject to no bias or emotion, they just go with what's expected to score highest, and interestingly they've got no Haaland. And of course lastly, Alvarez is under half the price of Haaland and he's in better form. He was rested midweek in the Champions League and he won the game for City with a goal and an assist off the bench to win the game 3-1. George asks about owning the Spurs fullbacks and Son, rather than the Madison and Son combo. This is definitely viable, especially if you feel that Bowen outscores Madison long term, which is what he's saying. Tottenham's next three are Luton, Fulham and Palace, who are 16th, 18th and 15th this season for not penalty XG. So there's lots of clean sheet potential and they both have an attacking return in them. Palace are also going to be about Eze as well in game week 10 at the end of this month, which helps Tottenham's cause defensively. Jay Sandy asks, if you've missed the price changes, is it still worth wildcarding now or take a minus four instead? The answer to this is that the price changes aren't relevant whether you wildcard or not. Wildcard if it helps your team score the most points. Our rank is based on points, not team value. So if we're nearing the gaming a deadline and we learn that Saka's out, plus you've got other injuries like Botman and Estepinian, and maybe some other players rotting in your team, then definitely go for it. It is nice to catch the price rises on a wildcard, but it shouldn't be enough to leave it for another week purely to just gain more team value. Using the experts data submitted, let's have a look at the top transfers they're making. It's going to be a good episode tomorrow, so make sure you're subscribing. About a third are on an active wildcard this week. So Saka to Sun is their top move, which is logical given that Saka went off injured in the Champions League. The latest is that it's a hamstring tweak, not viewed as serious, and he's not yet ruled out the City game. He's being judged on a day-to-day -day basis. However, with Sun a captaincy shout this week versus Luton, even if Saka makes the game, it's a clear upgrade. 
The latest on his stupid hand is that he's injured for a month more or less, according to Deserby. The experts are dropping him for cash this week, and some are also selling Botman for cash. More injuries as well, with Eze out for six weeks, and some of those are selling him for Diaby. Be careful with this one though. Diaby wasn't in the Europa Conference League squad due to injury as well, not yet ruled out Gemic 8. Emery was asked if he'll make Gemic 8, and he said, I don't know. Morris to Watkins and Rashford to Madison, the other two popular moves in the Experts League this week. So let's talk about Botman, who is a popular pick, and Rondon asked, should we sell him? It's team dependent of course, if he can't play other defenders while he's out then it's not a priority. He's expected back for game week 10 after the international break. However if you don't own Udogi or Poro then that's a strong transfer to consider. Cash also great but Spurs have got the better fixture this week. And likewise Kristoff is asking whether a Stupinan's worth a minus 4 to sell. Again if you can field enough good defenders in his absence this week then it's not worth a minus 4. That said for a high upside defender like Pedro Poro it's something to strongly consider. If you're otherwise forced to star someone like a Luton defender, or maybe an Arsenal defender, then I'd go for it. Frankie says he was careless and forgot to activate his wildcard last week, took a minus 52 hit, and he asked, is his season over? Minus 52 hit. This one's absolutely devastating. At least good to see it get lots of likes and support from fellow managers. Well, most of you anyway. Obviously, this one's tough to come back from, but it's not impossible. It's only game week 8 and it's a very long way to go. Last season, Ali Jahangroff was 2.9 mil after game week 3 and he won the whole thing. Obviously not going to win FPL this season, but it shows what's possible if you play smart. This team's currently ranked 126k and they started the season in game week 2, which is crazy. The game week 1 average score was 64 points, so they essentially start the season about 64 points behind everyone else. So that's more points behind than the hit you just took. The way I would look at it is you can play with the pressure off now. Try something ambitious like no Haaland and wildcard this week instead. Big rank climber if it comes off and a big lesson learned there for the future. Another blank for Rashford last game week and Jevis asked whether it's worth selling him for Diaby for a hit. This one's a straightforward no. Again Diaby's not in the Europa Conference League squad this week and Rashford's home to a struggling Brentford side. I consider a hit for someone like Sun but definitely not Diaby. Man like Yuvi asks what's the best wildcard team? I've put together a wildcard draft here, which is Leno in goal, Cash, Porro and Byrne in defence, Salah, Son, Madison, Diaby, Ward-Prowse midfield, and then Watkins and Haaland up top. A lot of players here you can free up money with if you are tight for money. Porro to Adogi, Ward-Prowse to Neto, etc. If I was on a wildcard this week, it'd look like that. As far as Saka replacements, Salah, Son and Madison the obvious ones. Bowen's got Newcastle this week, so a tough fixture, but he's a good long-term pick. So 23 pointed by Watkins last week and he's got good fixtures ahead. He's the one everyone's talking about right now. And Uzi Boozy asks, is it worth a hit to get him? This one's completely dependent on who you're selling. If it's Alvarez, then in my eyes, not worth a hit. If it's Morris, then it's worth it. Or if it's Wilson, who was a big doubt as he wasn't in the Champions League team that beat PSG, then that's also worth it. Ferguson's got Liverpool and then Man City, so I'd say that's also worth it. Got a question about defenders and a good opportunity to talk about the best enablers. The question is, is it necessary to have 5 starting defenders or can I get a cheaper defender who won't get me many points? I don't know about you but it feels like this season has a crazy amount of injuries, maybe more than past seasons at this point, so bench depth is important, however so is maximising the value in your starting 11, which is a balancing act every week. 3 of the back formations are the most popular at this point in time, so the best way to set up is to have a good 4th defender on your bench who you can rotate in when you need, and then a 4 defender who you're unlikely to need at all. For example, if you've got Cash and Adogi or Poro, they're permanent starters, and then that third defender spot could be Burn and Gabriel as an example to rotate in. 
So there's lots of formal defenders which are starting. Taylor's only 3.9 mil and he's started the last four in a row. Long-term fixtures aren't too bad either, worst case scenario if he auto subs on for you. Kabore's the best of the looting defenders, 20 crosses and 4 shots this season, so he does have some attacking potential, but Luton's fixtures are horrendous, so I'd rather have Taylor or Bayer. Branthwaite I think is flying under the radar a bit, Everton obviously not keeping clean sheets, but you'll do well to get that from any formal defender, and they've got Bournemouth home this week. Brighton's fixtures are great from game week 10, so Van Heck's a nice option. So far he's either started or stayed on the bench, it looks like there's no risk of a cameo. I've seen some are talking about Lamptey for 3.9 mil because Estupin is injured, but I'm not keen. Estupin could be back game week 11, so you might only get the Fulham game out of him, and then it's a big rotation risk. And unlike Van Heck, he gets subbed on lots. Lastly, let's talk about captaincy for game week 8. It's a big one this week, and people are looking beyond Haaland. Here's FPL Reviews projections for game week 8. Sun was top with 6.6 .6 points, however I've tweaked his minutes from 88 to 75, which I think is more realistic as he's got this ongoing injury which has caused him to come off early the past four games. Over the last four games he's averaged 74 minutes a game. That actually puts him tied of Madison this week with Salah only 0.1 points ahead. When it's that close it's essentially noise so go with your gut. Salah, Madison and Son are all great options but let's not pretend Haaland's automatically a bad pick either. Let me know in the comments how you're leaning for captaincy this week. Thanks for watching. If this video was helpful, drop it a like before you go and subscribe for more FPL videos like this every week. See you soon for the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network.